to another episode of the Growing Faith Podcast. Today is a pretty exciting day. Get to welcome in my new friend, Cale Courtright. He is a pastor of spiritual formation from Cross Point Church down in Dallas, Texas. So it'll be great for you to get to hear a conversation that we had. So not exactly an interview, uh, but uh, he is actually the host of the How to Christian podcast. I definitely recommend you checking that podcast out on uh, anywhere you can find podcasts. It's definitely worth the listen. And so here we go. I'm going to just uh, jump in right where our conversation started off, and uh, I hope you enjoy. Awesome. All right. Well, Kale, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Going pretty good. You know, just surviving the July Texas heat. Um, people might be listening to this in August. It'll be hot then too, though. So, right, yeah, right. Surviving one day at a time. Exactly. Uh, we Actually, today, we don't have the humidity uh, up here in Portland like, like you guys do. Uh, so today is like 94 degrees and my poor AC just can't quite keep pace. They don't make them in, in Portland like they do in Texas, you know, because... Well, we have the best of both worlds. We get the the direct sunlight, heat, and the humidity. So, you know, that's why we're, when people say, you know, we're tough or, you know, Texas tough or whatever, that's why. I mean, you, Right. You have to be or you, you have die. to be. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> exactly. Awesome. Well, I'm super excited that, uh, you know, that we, you know, quote unquote, randomly bumped into each other uh, through kind of a podcast or kind of development group on Facebook. And, um, you know, I, I kind of joined it just to kind of like, Oh, I'm sure I could learn a thing or two about podcasting. Cause Lord knows I'm no crazy professional at this. Um, but what I never expected was actually to, um, to bump into people that I share so much in common with. And as we've just been able to spend a little bit of time talking before this, it's like, man, the the common bond that that Jesus Christ works in us is such a powerful thing um, that and I mean it also helps like what we do for work actually is uh, pretty similar so um, so you are a pastor of spiritual formation uh, tell me a little bit about your church and um, and and then I can share a little bit and your family like who are you <laughs> right who are yeah, you I'm, I'm Kale <clears throat> I'm the kind of the opposite of you I think I've got three kids, all boys, and uh, they're ranging from seven to two. And so that's fun. You know, they've all three been in the house now for, you know, five straight months. So we're just getting real close. You know, I've been at uh, the Crosspoint Church. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'd be okay if they could go find some outside activities every, you know, but again, we're in summer here now. So that's really, again, it should be illegal, really. But um yeah, I've been at the Cross Point Church now for four years uh, in the spiritual formation role, and that means a lot of things. I, I do a lot of different things, but uh, primarily I work with our small group system, and you know we believe very much in our small groups that we should that you need other people along the journey. That the Sunday morning moment, you know, if, you know, if you remember what that was like, uh, is great, hmm. and we. <laughs> We, we really, uh, you know, want people to to be together in that that large crowd. But you need, you know, ten or twelve other people that you can sit with in a deeper level. And so we we believe 
uh, very much in that, um, that, that you need a small group that, that people you can lean on that you're not going to share, you know, uh, maybe with, with a, you know, larger group, you know, our church is about 800 or so. And so, uh, I plan other events, things like that. One of the bigger events that I also do is uh, I do like our annual men's conference. We get some people at just a great time for guys to come together. Yeah. So I do a lot of different things, but those are my kind of my main focuses, the small group ministry missions, things like that. So yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me. I started, my podcast is called how to Christian podcast. And when I started it, you know, Christian is typically a noun, but I wanted to use it as a verb. How are we going to actually practice our faith? Very similar to yours, growing faith is just along the same lines. That's like what you were saying earlier, just the running into each other and similar jobs, similar thought behind our podcasts and, you know, what, what we're trying to help people learn. I mean, I'm learning a lot myself, you know, and the people that I have on. And so trying to help people see how they can put their faith into practice and not be so reliant on a Sunday morning moment, though. It's great though. I miss it. I can't wait to get back to it, but it's not a one time a week thing. It's a, it's a daily practice that we have to have. So that's kind of where, where a lot of my passion lies is in thinking about that. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I always, uh, I always tell people in our church, you know, small groups is where we make everyday Christians, and and not just Sunday Christians and and actually the more that we the more that we follow God the more that we walk in relationship with Him on a daily basis the more that we engage in in discipleship ourselves and the discipleship of other people um, the more meaningful actually the Sunday morning gathering is and um, and I think that God's doing a really deep work in the church in America right now because. I would agree with you that I'm, I'm a part of a church here in Portland, Oregon called Mana House, and I've been on staff here at the church getting close to 10 years and uh, been over small groups, a majority, well, pretty much all that time. has It's been a, a key part of my role. But uh, if I'm really honest, you know, just the culture of Portland is very, I mean, it's, it's American, you know, we're, we're individualistic, we're independent, we're, we don't really need other people, we like to have other people in our lives. And I always tell people that trying to get people into small groups is like trying to give somebody a drink when they don't know that they're thirsty. Is it, they genuinely don't realize the need they have for community and um, and how God has intended that to be such a critical part of our growth, our development, of our health, um, you know. But when when life's good, you don't feel like you need community. But boy, have that good interrupted a little bit, and and you very quickly understand the value of community. And so I think as a church, we have um, you know like declared values. We we value small groups. But because our culture is so ready to be a part of Sundays and a little less ready to be a part of the messier part of, of the Christian walk of meeting in homes, you know, on a daily basis kind of a thing, sharing meals with one another, um, letting people see that maybe your house isn't clean all the time uh, and all of those kinds of things is, boy, it's a little different, you know, like does do we really believe that? Because yeah. do we, do we actually build our ministries to, 
to push people in that direction or not. And, um, and so again, no criticism there at all, uh, but just a recognition, like, um, God has given us a big shove in the, in the community small groups direction because our, maybe our crutch, if you will, of Sunday morning gatherings and feeling connected and feeling like maybe we're growing spiritually, uh, some stuff's getting exposed, I think, in this season. And that's where I think you developing your podcast is so timely and so um, so right on because, I mean, I've, I've asked in some of our staff meetings and stuff like, hey, um, what's the win now? You know, because maybe before... That's a great question. Maybe before the win felt like how many people show up to church on Sunday well, we don't have that measurement anymore. Right. I mean, we can measure how many people um, watched your service online, um, but were they watching or were they in the other room making a cup of coffee? I don't know, you know? <laughs> and so... Yeah. Think about I, engagement rather than just... Right. You know, online presence, whatever that means. Yep. Yeah, and it's engagement not just with the people on the platform, but engagement with one another. Um, I just recently have been in Romans 12, where it just talks about the different giftings that everybody's been given and we're all part of one body. And there's this part in there where it says, Hey, you're all part of one body. Um, but not just that, but you're all members of one another and how each of us, you know, and then Ephesians four, it talks about how when everybody finds their place, the body is built up together in love. And so this, this need for everyone in the body to find their place and to do their thing so that the whole body is built up together in love. Um, man, God intended us to live in community. And hey, um, oh, and so I have four daughters. That's you right. have three boys. I have four daughters. We're trying to keep the world balanced, you know, so you're probably yes, going to need to have- Thank you for your you're, efforts. You're probably going to need to have one more kid and make sure it's a boy so we don't throw off the- <laughs> throw off the balance uh no thank you okay i appreciate the offer <laughs> so i have uh I have, I have twins that are 16 years old and then i have a, a soon to be 12 year old maybe by the time this airs she'll officially be 12 um and she's looking to outgrow all of her sisters uh, even though she is you know number three in line and then a 10 year old is my youngest so that's awesome so this school year is two juniors a seventh grader and a fifth grader. So that's crazy to think I almost have high school graduates on my hands. Wow. Cause I don't feel that old. I know yeah, I look that old, but yeah, that's, we, we would have sent our, our second would have been in kindergarten. will be in kindergarten this year. It's just, you know, who knows what that, what that's going to look like. And yeah, such a fun time um, of life. You know, you're entering that, that man, two drivers. I don't know how, how that works up there, but that's, that's gotta be a lot of fun. Yeah. They have to get a hundred hours of like drive time on their permit before they can get their license. And so I have one of them has hit her hundred hours and the other one is sitting right around 36, 37 hours. She got a concussion in the whole journey. And so it slowed her down because she wasn't actually allowed to drive for a while while she was probably the right decision probably the right thing i'm a good dad okay so (laughs) but uh for the record for anyone out there that's let's put that down yeah good dad here thank you thank you i have a trophy i'll show you uh later so um (laughs) i wanted to go something you articulated just a minute ago 
you know, I, I think you articulated it better than, than I've heard, but I love that line trying to give someone a drink of water that doesn't know they're thirsty. And especially like, as you said, when life is good, you don't know that you don't even think you need other people around and, and all my pleas to get people in connect group. It's like, that's what I say. Like you need, you know, for good times and bad times, when good times come, you want to celebrate with other people. And when difficult times come, you want to, you need other people there. And look, if I could, I would make the pandemic go away tomorrow. You know, I would be done with this, but if you're looking for a silver lining or something good that comes out of it is man, people know the need they have for community now in a way that they've, they've never felt before. And, and uh, at least that's some, been some of my experiences, people that just go, man, I need, I miss other people. And I've never thought that before, but I want to be around people. And, um, you know, so that's one of the things that, uh, so anyways, I really loved how you said that and articulated it because this is, has shown us the need for people in a way that, you know, that we haven't seen usually. I totally, I totally agree. And so I'm, I'm passionate about trying to get people to a place where they, they not only recognize it, but then they're willing to take the steps needed. And um, another way that we've framed it, uh, uh, before I ever came on staff and my wife and I were just small group leaders, um, we would, we gathered our, our group together and we said, hey, you know what? Um, the type of environment we're trying to create as a small group is that the people in your small group would become kind of like family where if something really awesome happened in your life, the people in this room would be the people you would want to call first and share that with. Or on the flip side, if something really troubling, really challenging, really potentially even tragic happened, that this group would be the group you would think first about calling them, not because you have to, not because of some code, you know, like, oh, we're in a small group together, so I guess I need to involve you in my life, but that we would create such a feeling of community within the group that it would just be a natural outflow. Well, of course, I want to share this moment with you, or of course, I want to plead for your support in this, um, in this time frame. And and I think that then begins to hit on the real life of small groups is not, it's not a program guys. Like, you know, you and me were, we're pastors and, and some measure of our success, you know, as are we doing a good job is the number of groups that we have and the number of people that are in groups. Cause we got to try to measure something, right? Like we need to, we need to try it. But you know what I could have, um, I could have over a hundred small groups this, this term, but if nobody is engaging with one another, like if they're just getting together and going through some curriculum and going along their way unchanged by the interaction, then it really doesn't matter. And so what we're looking for is real actual, like you were saying, like, okay, do we measure attendance? No, now we're trying to shift to measuring engagement. Yeah. Same with small groups. I don't want to just measure the number of groups, the number of people in groups. I want to measure the engagement of people in that group. And then you start asking the question, well, engagement in what, right? And that's where a lot of the spiritual disciplines kind of come into play. And I know you and I were talking just about the, the role of the word of God in the small group arena. And, and I think that 
uh, in the United States. I think you, you kind of like touched on it in one of your episodes. You started talking about some of the spiritual disciplines and there was this comment made like, you know, reading the Bible in private, you know, the, the one person reading the Bible, you know, devotions, quiet time kind of thing. That's kind of a, you know, a relatively new concept. If you think about it's been about 2000 years, you know, and really only the last maybe 400 of those years has that even been remotely possible and really not for that large of a population of the world. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, I go for it. Go for it. Well, I was just going to say, and, and so, you know, whenever we could actually have the Bible, but if your small groups have been anything like mine, it's like, okay, well, we're going to actually just study this, this section uh, or this, you know, this little passage or this story, we're going to read it. We're going to talk about it. And look, there's there, again, no criticism that that's great. I think we should go to scripture and see how it informs your life. But like, even just the reading of the word in community is, I don't have a ton of experience with that. Right. And that's my religious tradition. Uh, you know, my, my background is not, uh, you know, we didn't have necessarily, we had like a, maybe a, a scripture of the day, you know, we had a verse and, but just like, the reading of the scripture. I remember, I remember when I was, you know, in high school or something, and I figured out that a lot of these letters, you know, from Paul had been passed and somebody would then stand up and read it. And I'd be like, what do you mean read it? The whole thing? Are you serious? Like, they wanted to do this? They wanted to hear it? (laughs) The whole thing? How long would that take? And you just, you know, I have never experienced that, like, you know, the, the word of God like that before because I go and I you know and I break it down in chunks you know because I've always had chapters and verses and ways to break it down I never had the you know this is one entire letter that we're going to take and we're going to take it together and and there's you know there's a lot of power in thinking about scripture and practicing it that way that you know is unlike you know you know whenever I took Greek in seminary and you even start to learn that a lot of these like things that I thought were singular like use were actually plural and you're like that's totally different because that this wasn't this wasn't just meant for me to read. You need to do this. It's okay. We this is something we yeah. are doing. Yep. Yeah, and there's so much that comes with that accountability and support and encouragement when you when you look at the community application, and then you start to see a whole different viewpoint of how you how you Christian, you know, like to go along with, you know, the way that you've even titled your podcast, like how how to Christian. And I, I would venture to say there's a lot of people that call themselves Christians that don't know the answer to that question. They don't know how to Christian and they need somebody to help them uh, walk that road. And it turns out that's exactly how Jesus intended it to be. And um, so I've actually been running a, a men's small group for, I mean, it's had the same name and some of the same members, but we've had a lot of people come and go through it during the time we've been running probably two, three years now. And honestly, it's been life changing for me um, to just every single week meet with a group of guys and our, we read one chapter of the Bible together and discuss it and try to talk about application and how do we how do we put this into our lives? And I have seen so many awesome things flow from that. Um, just you know, one guy realizing uh, he is in the middle of a interaction with a member of the opposite sex that wasn't really appropriate, you know, and 
and in the middle of the group, he's just like, guys, uh, this is what's going on in my life. And I need to, I need to change. And um, just such a powerful moment of vulnerability because we're, we're, we're reading in Proverbs and, and just one of the verses just popped out and spoke to his heart. And he was like, Oh man, you know, the path I've been on is not the one I need to be on. And so the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and exposes things in people's lives. I would venture to say, if it wasn't for that small group, reading that section of scripture together, he may not have landed in that part of the Bible for years, you know, and he may have been on that wrong path for such a long time that it's actually not correctable. But you, when you live in community and you allow the word of God to speak into your life like that, powerful things happen. And so I'm just really, um, uh, you know, here at Mana House, our why behind small groups is to develop life-giving relationships and um, just recognizing Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus is the life. So I cannot have people developing life-giving relationships unless Jesus, the word made flesh, is a part of that group. And so getting people to not merely meet, socialize, and have friends, that's all good. And, and in our culture, something that is desperately needed, honestly, because we live such fragmented, separate lives. But we can't leave it there. We have to take it the next step where we intentionally choose to interact with the Word of God together. You know, and just e even the example you gave of your small group uh, there is, I'm not saying this is exactly how it happened, but I can't tell you how many times I've been there and somebody says something, and I'm like, I would have never, ever thought of that. I have one life experience. I have lived in similar cultures around similar people in similar churches. You know, my, you know, I have three boys. I was one of three boys. You know, like my life has been such, like I don't have other people's experiences. And so when they, you know, read something, um, when they speak on something that I, you know, that I could just have never have gotten there. I mean, that's, that's why there's power in communities. You bring everyone's stories to the table and the, the word of God is universal and how it and how it can be, you know, can be read and applied and can pierce everyone. It's not just for me. It's not just for you. And so when you hear someone else speak on scripture and what it, even just what it meant to them or, or how they read it. And, and you don't have to have a, you know, a degree to know, to, to read the Bible. You don't have to have a degree to, to have it change your life. And so when you hear that, and that, that is something that can just open you up to someone else's story, someone else's world and how God has been working in their life. I mean, and even parents have this experience, right? It's when you start to teach your kids stories from the Bible and, and even at a young age, they can ask you a question and you go, I've never thought about that. You know, I've never, I've never considered that in my life. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just the idea of, of going to the word of God in a communal sense, I think is so important. And as you said earlier, I don't know if this was before the podcast or during it, but we'll say it again anyways, is that's not to say that there's not a place for a reading of the word individually. Absolutely. And, and so 
you know, what we're not saying is, all right, so what Kale and Rick said is never read the Bible alone. That's for the record. That's not what I said. And, and it's just that in some ways we've neglected a communal reading of the word. And, and if you, or if you're reject, if you're rejecting um, or neglecting, I should say, if you're neglecting community, then you're, you're missing that, that part of it, you know, because in our small groups, you know, people all the time want to talk about curriculum and what what can we study what can't we study and you know almost all the time I really what I really want to say is like it really doesn't matter to me like it really doesn't and um you know we want you in the word like that's what we want and how you get there I, you know I want you in the word together that's that's really what I want and so how you get there I'm not as concerned about and um yeah, so that's I want people in the Bible together because I think um, just how much it can change your life. Hearing how someone else's life has changed um, is so valuable. You need that in your life. Absolutely, and you know, most of the time you'll have somebody in the group that maybe they didn't go to seminary uh, or whatever, but maybe they've just like read the Bible for a long time, and they've they've had a really good study Bible that gave them a lot of background information and they've wrestled with stuff. And, and so uh, for the person that comes to the table a little bit new, uh, you know, to the whole structure of scripture, that's the beauty of discipleship that only happens really in community as you engage with scripture and actually can help you understand where a person's coming from overall. I remember um, one one time I, I'm trying to walk with this guy through a situation in his life and, um, and I'm in my head, I don't even totally realize it, but in my head, I'm treating him like uh, a mature Christian, you know, somebody that has walked a long time with the Lord. And then one day we're talking about the Bible and cause I got him on this reading plan to get him into the word of God. Um, and, and he's like, yeah, I was noticing, um, you know, Saul in, you know, uh, first Kings or whatever. Right. You know, and then he's like, and then to see him pop up, you know, in the book of acts or whatever, you know? And I was like, Oh, and so just actually that one little comment, I was like, wow, okay. This guy has like zero biblical context. And so I said, you know what? Um, let's stop right there. I, I have been talking to you on completely the wrong level. I said, let's, because what because in my head really what I had was man this guy knows what he's supposed to be doing and he's just refusing to do it and that's a totally different ball game than this guy doesn't even know what he's supposed to be doing you know and I need to help him yeah. I need to help him understand what he's supposed to be doing and then we can go from there and so we we just totally changed the entire uh angle that we were coming at it and all of a sudden began to make great progress in his life and, and so to this day, like, he'll be like, man, it was, it was three or four years ago that I, I met you. And he's like, my life is completely different. My marriage is way better. My, you know, and it, and it's certainly not because of anything awesome I did, but because got him connected up with the word of God, a, a vibrant relationship with Jesus, a community of brothers that have helped him walk through stuff. Oh my gosh. It's like, it's like the perfect case study of what we want people to experience in the local church. And it happens around much more around dinner tables than it does around a platform hearing the word of God preached. And, and so that's the kind of thing that um, 
also, you know, to speak to your point, completely agree with you. We were talking about the parenting uh, with quality time and quantity time. And what a joke it is if, you know, the lawyer dad or whatever that's like super busy, you know, working, working 80 hours a week or whatever, trying to convince himself in his head. And it doesn't matter if you're a lawyer or whatever kind of profession that is demanding of a lot of time. Um, I mean, I'm a pastor and I can easily uh, be a crazy workaholic and and have this same conversation is to say, you know what, hey, you know what, I'm so busy. I don't get to spend quality. Uh, I don't get to spend quantity time with my kids. I just, you know, focus on the quality. So when I, when I spend time with my kids, I just make sure that it's quality time. And, you know, you and I were talking about, you never know when your kid is going to say what they're thinking. And, and you need to hear that thought because you need to know where that train is going, right? That train of thought is headed somewhere. And as a parent, you want to have the opportunity, that quality moment to be able to redirect the train in the direction it needs to go. But you have to have some quantity in there for the quality to occur, right? Because it, it's always going to catch you off guard when you least expect it, you know, it's going to pop up. And so that's where I encourage the, like, I encourage small groups all the time. Hey, get on you version. And everybody subscribe to the same Bible reading plan. Honestly, I don't even care if you're hitting a hundred, you know, a thousand, you're batting a thousand on it, you know, like just start a reading program together. So it causes you as a group. Sure. Individually, you're all connecting with the word of God and just start there. And then as you, uh, and then as you interact with the word of God as a group, you're just building momentum for the word of God to shape and form you as an individual and as a community. And, and I, I mean, again, it's quick and powerful, sharper, man, the word of God just cuts through to people and, and exposes things that they need exposed and causes them to address things that they need to address. And, you know, I mean, in, in the guy world, you know, like their thought life and purity is always a, something that needs to be addressed. And you know what, that pops up in scripture pretty frequently. And so you get to just be like, Hey, um, the Bible today, you know, we're going through this chapter and it's talking about what are you doing with your thoughts? And, and you know, how, how's that area going in your life? And man, guys, like, look at the, you know, especially when you're going through Proverbs and it's talking about the, the, the adulterous woman and all that stuff. You're like, um, dang, the, the path leads to death. I mean, how many here, you know, want to be on the path to death? <laughs> how many are realizing this morning? <laughs> how many here are realizing this morning you are on the path to death, you know, and let's make a decision. <laughs> I see that hand. No, <laughs> let's, let's make a decision today to get off the path to death. Right. And let's choose life today. You know, like it's, I've set before you two, two choices. You can choose life or you can choose death. You can choose blessing or you can choose cursing that doesn't even make sense to people that don't have the biblical framework right and so yeah i and i think that's also why it's important to in community or and when when i say that i don't want people to just imagine they're in like a classroom setting or necessarily even a in a circle of a small group setting sometimes in community might mean you and a friend you know having coffee or whatever, of just that, like when you are walking through scripture with somebody else, that these things can come up. And that's why I think it's important not to necessarily always just play like the greatest hits of just, 
you know, jumping around, we're going to take this and, that. and, that, and there's a place for that too. But sometimes you're going to skip over things that you don't know that you need to, you know, you need to talk or that what it's going to bring up. But if you just, you know, if you just do the thing where it's like, all right, we're going to read Romans, but we're just going to read these, you know, six passages out of it that you might miss, you know, some of those things, some of those topics that need to come up. Cause as you just said, there's all kinds, uh, scripture speaks to one, a, a wide array of things, but also sometimes, sometimes it's just the frequency with which things are brought up that someone else goes, you know, you know, I keep reading this and I've got to, I've just got to talk about this. You know, I've got to confess to this. I, we need to, you know, get off this path, um, as you said. And so um, I, I can't tell you just how important it is to, to, to talk about these things with someone else. Again, I hope people are reading the Bible on their own. I hope it's something that they do daily, that it is right. something, because I think it is important for you to go to, you know, you know, what you fill your mind with, what you fill your, your life with is, is important. And so, you know, if you're just, if all you read is, you know, your social media or, or whatever, or the news, it's just like that, that will inform Hello. how you think about the world and your, your attitudes and your moods and, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can very much tell when I've been reading the news too much and not scripture too much. Like my, my worry is a lot higher. My anxiety is higher. And, and I'm, I'm using that very, you know, loosely. Just, I just start to get worried about things of the world. And so usually it's someone wise, someone in my life, like my wife or someone who goes, Hey, uh, maybe it's time to turn that off and instead open up God's word because it's going to put you on a different path and put you in a different space. And so, yeah. So don't hear us say that, that that's not something to be done. Of course, that's what I, I want that to be something, you know, if I could program everyone at our church, I would love it if they would wake up and they would do, you know, some, I would love for them to spend time um, in silence. I would love for them to spend time in prayer and some in, in scripture every single morning. And I think that yeah. would like change our church and change our community, you know, be, beside it. And so, but I also then don't want them to neglect opening up God's word together. And so, because sometimes, I mean, we've, we've all known those people who, who do have a good practice of, of reading scripture. And so then they go, you know, I don't know that I need other people because I have this, this is great, but you also need other people. None of us are here because of our own effort. We have always had other people in our lives. This is the, this is how how Jesus planned it. Uh, it's, it's called discipleship that other people lead us here for many of us. That was our parents. That was other people, uh, maybe in the churches we were raised, but you, you did not get here on your own and other people are not going to get to where you are without you. So sometimes being part of a community, and we talked a lot about the benefits that it has for you, but sometimes you're not there for you. Sometimes you're there for somebody else that you're going to help bring someone along they need your, your service. They need your time. They need your stories. And so you've got to be willing to spend the time to open up, to be vulnerable, uh, to, you know, to just be there, to put your legs under the same table with somebody else. And to, uh, as you said a minute ago, man, there's something about the table of being there together with others that is so important. And so sometimes people just need you to spend time at the table with them so that they can get to where you are. Yeah, that's so, that is so good. And 
that is actually where we are going to uh, call it a day today. Uh, the conversation with Kale uh, was a, a great one. Uh, we just are a little chatty. So I decided to go ahead and turn this into a part one, part two situation. So I encourage you to dial back in next week and we will pick up part two of this conversation as we continue to talk about the value of being in the Word of God, both individually and as a community in small groups and in just uh, every other church relationship and family relationship that we have, uh, making the Bible a part of our everyday life. And so hope that you will tune back in next week as we continue this great conversation with Kale Courtright from Cross Point Church down in Dallas, Texas, uh, the host of the How to Christian podcast. I cannot recommend his material enough for you. He's a great guy, and they have, he has great content going out on that podcast as well. So this week, uh, I hope you've enjoyed our time together. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to uh, suggest any topics for future episodes, you could reach out to me at rickm at manahouse.church. And also, if you would be so kind in the Apple uh, podcast store or the Google podcast store, or now also on Spotify, if you can like and comment and rate the podcast and share it around with your friends, that would be so lovely. With that, I just wish you the most amazing day and God bless you.